Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowl and Branch Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to bollandbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker, this is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra with myself, Adi Ladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Today, we're going to be reflected on Saturday night in Las Vegas as Terence Crawford put on a boxing clinic to see off Errol Spence and become a two-weight undisputed world champion. We're going to ask where this win not only leaves Crawford amongst the best fighters in the world, but currently, if it cements his place as an all-time great. Uh, what next for Errol Spence as well? He has said he wants to activate the rematch clause at a higher weight class. We'll ask... If he would stand a better chance if he moved up to 154 pounds. Uh, Connor Ben is clear to fight after having his provisional UCAD ban lifted. However, the situation is not as clear as it may seem. Myself and Gareth will look at it in a bit more detail and what it could mean for Ben moving forward. Plus, we're going to hear from Nate Diaz ahead of his fight with Jake Paul this weekend in Texas as well. As always, loads to get through. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. What Terence Crawford done there was underline his status as pound for pound number one. Terence Crawford was sublime. His jab was potent and spiteful and accurate. His movement was brilliant. He countered Spence brilliantly and he just had his number. I actually do have a feeling that at welterweight years ago, he may well have beaten Mayweather, you know. Everything that you heard so far from Eddie Hearn and everything that you've heard from Conor Ben has come from the in-house media company. It's not journalism, it is PR. I have to win. I have to win. You know, everything's on the line, all the marbles. You know, my career, losing two in a row, I had two options. It's like, oh, do I really want to do this and run away? Or I'm going to come back and never lose again. And I, I chose the latter option. Gareth A. Davis, what did we witness on Saturday night in Vegas? Two pound for pound fighters duking it out for all the marbles at 147 pounds. And Terence Crawford showing that even at the very highest tables of boxing, the elite level, there are still more levels to go. And he proved just to be a level above Errol Spence. Well, for me, Eddie, um, Terence Crawford joined the greats of all time in the welterweight division uh, with a prize-fighting masterclass in Las Vegas. Um, mm. Although Crawford was a marginal favourite going in, uh, it, it was hard to separate them. It was so supreme, so flawless, so dominant, so brilliant that this ice-cool operator from Omaha made his previously undefeated and elite-level foe look like a novice. Mm. It was an iconic fight. It was not a thrilling fight as it transpired for the simple reason that Crawford comprehensively dismantled Spence. That magnificent jab, hurtful, spiteful the timed counters command of the dance in the ring was absolute and i was delighted to say that the respect and sportsmanship between the two was extraordinary that double undisputed champion in two weight divisions represents greatness for me and he may even do it in a third weight class which we'll come to but mm -hmm. for me this put him in the debate amongst the very best the division has ever produced Sugar Ray Leonard, um, Floyd Mayweather, Jose Napoles, uh, even Sugar Ray Robinson, the greats, the olds, like uh, Kid Gavilan. And I'd venture to say this, and we can discuss it during the show, 
this guy may even have beaten Floyd Mayweather. Oh, I love it. We've got there already. We're going there already. I love it. Um, look, you've been covering and watching the sport a lot longer than I have. Um, can you remember a time when going into a fight, a fight's billed as a 50-50 fight again, at the time of the fight, Terence Crawford, no worse than number two pound for pound versus Errol number five. Can you ever remember a time where two pound for pound guys are going at it and it makes it one-sided look, sorry, it makes it look one-sided like that? No, not really. That That's why it stood out so much. That's why you don't want to talk too much about, um, you know, was Errol Spence tight at the weight? Has the accident affected him? Has the, the layoff, you know, for 18 months affected him? Has the inactivity since 2019 uh, affected him? Because you don't really want to take anything anything away mm. from Terence Crawford. Because for me, and a lot of people disagree with me, I gave Errol Spence the first and the third rounds because they were both very close. One of the judges gave uh, Spence the third round as well. A lot of people have poo-pooed me over it. But I thought I was watching it very intently. And even though um, Crawford put him down in the second round, ca- countering him off balance... After nine minutes, minutes, Terence Crawford knew exactly what he was going to do. He wasn't going to switch from the southpaw stance. It was a, it was a complete and utter dominance that performance. For me, it was close to near perfection, and I haven't yeah. seen that. I've seen, I've seen Floyd Mayweather outmaster like a matador against a bull when he fought a young Canelo. I've seen him do the same to Manny Pacquiao, but they were both past their prime. Um, Gennady Golovkin was amazing against Saul Canelo Alvarez. Um, Oscar De La Hoya and Floyd Mayweather. Mm. Again, that was a very... 2007, that was. That was a fight. You couldn't pull them apart beforehand. And that was a split points decision for Floyd that day. Um, No, such dominance we've never seen. That's why let's take nothing away from Crawford because this was near perfection, in yeah. my view. Near perfection. No, I couldn't agree more. And, and back to your scorecard, your scoring of the first and the third round, I can see why and how you would give them to Errol Spence. I thought the first round was close, but I thought Spence did just enough to win it. And after the knockdown, when Spence got up off the seat for the third round, I thought he was a really aggressive fighter in the third. And although I could almost see the tide still turning at Crawford's way, I could see how you would give that round to Spence as well. Well, he was down in the second, wasn't he? He and was. And then in the third, he came back. Uh, look, he, he was valiant throughout. Mm. His heart never gave up on him. He just did not have the technical capability to beat the guy. Maybe he was tighter at the weight. And, you know, we're going to hear this more from Derek James and he's going to talk to the British media when he comes over here with Anthony Joshua. But it was... It, it, it was a it was a masterpiece to behold, it, it, yeah. you know, and and I, I'm envious of you that you were there live to watch it because it was something special. Yeah, he, he, honestly, Terence Crawford showed every single punch and trick in the book, and I think the scary thing for Errol Spence and other boxers now going forward. I know he's 35, but he lives the life. He's in great shape. Doesn't drink. Doesn't play around or anything like that. Is that there's more gears to come. He had more gears if needed on Saturday. He could have gone up a couple more gears. I thought as well. I want to quickly, if we can, go back to the weigh-in before we kind of dissect the fight, if you if you like. Um, he walked out to a little Wayne song. And I've watched Crawford's fights for the last sort of five or six years. I've never seen him so animated and up for it. It's almost like, you've locked me out. I'm finally in. I'm going to enjoy every single moment of this. And I know that Errol has this very laid-back demeanour, but he looked a bit... I don't want to say scared because I don't think fighters are scared, but you almost look like, wow, okay, this is really happening against Terence Crawford. It almost like the deer in the headlights thing at the weigh-in, whereas Crawford looked like a mean, pardon my French, mean SOB. Really looked like I'm up for this. Like, you really think you can beat me? And it just, from the weigh-in, I already knew it was a lock. Like, okay, Crawford looks in incredible shape. Always does, but looks incredible. There's a lot of talk throughout the week that he's tight at the weight. I didn't see it. He just looked like an absolute, it's almost like God had carved his body, like personally, like, okay, I'm going to work on every single part of your physique. He looked incredible at the weigh-in and it was fantastic. You've obviously been to the T-Mobile so many times. They opened up all the tiers, almost like a big Conor McGregor weigh-in. It was packed in there. And it was so good to see because, you know, sometimes we question where boxing is going. Boxing has been in a great place this year. And this kind of fight, I felt summed it all up. 
I agree. Boxing is in a good place this year outside the heavyweights. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we'll come to that. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's work to be done with the heavyweights and we're getting there. Um, he's as ice cool as a, as a winter day in Omaha, isn't he? Um, <laughs> and, and he, 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 he's, he, even, I'll go back to the way in a sec, but even, even when he put Errol Spence down, who looked very embarrassed in the second round, mm. his expression didn't change. He's, he's, I, once, I once asked Terence when he was over here, I think he was on the press tour with Amir Khan, that he, I said, you've gone all Hollywood, haven't you? He didn't like it mm. um, because he'd had a, he was wearing a really flash jacket that day. And I didn't really mean that he'd gone Hollywood in his life, mm. but he took it the wrong way. And he gave me a look, yeah, just a tiny little look, like, who the hell are you to say I've gone Hollywood, yeah? And I just noticed in that moment with Terence that he's so teak tough in his mentality. Mm. It, f- physically, like you say, he's extraordinary. There are levels to him, which is why I bring up the Mayweather debate, that he could have lived with Mayweather if not beaten him. The great Colin Hart, one of my mentors in his 80s who covered boxing from the 60s onwards, I spoke to him on Sunday morning and he said to me, Addy, do you know what? I've got to say this. And Sugar Ray. Leonard is one of his favourite boxers, favourite, and he's good mates with him, the 1976 gold medalist, darling of America. He said, you know what? I think this kid Crawford would have beaten Sugar Ray Leonard. So it's not just some of us today saying these things about the guys we've covered the very best, like the Mayweathers. It's this guy is being compared to the greats. Mm. Um, And... You know, that wasn't prior to those nine rounds on Saturday night, but there's something about him and he's proving it over and over again. It's extraordinary these 35 that you mentioned. Physically, on the scales, I watched the way in a couple of times. They looked identical yeah. physically. <laughs> it was it, to, even to all the tiny little musculature here in the rib cage. That, yes. You know, they, 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 and I was so impressed with the way they were together. Um, you know that Terence is almost intimidating with the fact that his heart rate probably never gets above 45 agreed agreed there is something about a throwback fighter to him like this guy really should be in the 70s mixing it with the Hearns the Haglers the Sugar Ray Leonard's it almost seems very throwback like a very family man very family orientated didn't really have an entourage almost could do this by himself if he needed to and I mean look if Colin Hart saying Sugar Ray Leonard who am I to who am I to go against Colin Hart? And it felt like you were watching an all-time great. Like, you know, there's so many great fighters nowadays, undisputed champs, but you felt like you were watching something different when you watched Terence Crawford on Saturday night. Very quickly on Errol, um, again, walked into that ring, unbeaten, unified welterweight champion, no worse than pound for pound number five. As good as Crawford was, were you slightly disappointed in Errol's performance? Yes, but I say it with bated breath. Um because um, I wanted a thrilling contest that I felt would go down to the wire over 12 rounds. Mm. Um, But it was just one-sided. He he didn't seem to change his tactics from stooping low. The front hand was too low as well. I think after nine minutes, Terence had worked him out. Mm. um, and, And there was very little he could do. I wasn't disappointed with his heart and desire and, 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 and 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 tenacity to continue, but he was just getting busted up, and he just didn't have an answer. Disappointed? It's very hard. No, but I wasn't disappointed in him actually because I think he took his loss like a yeah. champion. Yeah. Um, and you know because I thought the respect levels between them were extraordinary. I mean, I know we got to. I know we're going to go into this in more detail, but I wrote a column for the Telegraph on Friday, saying that. Weirdly, this was a fight that globally had gone under the radar mm-hmm. um, because it, it was comparable with the first Golovkin-Canelo fight. Um, it was comparable with Mayweather and Floyd, May- and May- Floyd Mayweather and Oscar De La Hoya um, with some of the great fights way back when. Um, you know, like, like you mentioned, the Durans and the Hearns, all those kind of guys, you know, they, they're obviously when these guys were fighting at featherweight um 
but I just thought what was admirable about them was that they they headlined the column, you know, these guys are not doing it for Generation Z because they're not screaming from the rooftops mm. and there's no trash talk. But And they're not going to do it either. They're never going to do that. And it, And it's probably one of the reasons why this fight weirdly didn't cross into the mainstream, even though it has because of the nature of Crawford's performance. But no, I, I can't be disappointed with um, Spence's efforts. Maybe the fact that he wasn't able to match Crawford technically. Yeah, look, we'll, we'll break down the fight and then we're going to ask uh, you what next for both as well. Errol, what does he do? And there's a lot of talk about Terence potentially going to 154 pounds and a Jamel Charlo fight. Uh, very quickly, um, as that ended in the UFC, um, uh, Justin Gaethje landed a head kick to stop Dustin Poirier in the BMF title fight. Um, they're probably going to go again. That's one apiece between those two. Um, what did you make of uh, Justin and what did you make of Dustin Poirier as well? Well, that was always going to be a throwdown in a Wild West saloon, wasn't it? Yeah. Two men enter, one man leaves. Yeah. And, 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 and one man left, you know, in Justin <laughs> Gaethje to dramatic effect with Conor McGregor calling him out afterwards. Calls everyone out, doesn't he? He does, but, yeah. you know, he's, you know, um, you know, up yours, Delors. No, it, it, it was a, it was a moment where, uh, um, Justin Gaethje proved that he still got it. Um, and, and, and in the mirror, it was the same knockout as um, uh, Leon Edwards against Kamara Usman. Yeah. Um, shielding the kick with the hand so that you can't see it and, that, and, the, and the kick coming around the hand. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was brilliant. And I do hope he gets a, a lightweight world title shot now after... It's Islam Makachev, isn't it? It is. Um, who's defending to Charles Oliveira sometime in... I want to say September. I think you could be uh, right. September, early uh, October in um, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, and, and then he deserves a title shot after that. If he doesn't fight Conor McGregor, if McGregor does sidestep Michael Chandler, as he's threatening to do. Yeah, let's see if Conor can come back. Let's see if he can make £155. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to be hearing from Nate Diaz, head of his fight with Jake Paul this weekend. And we'll discuss Conor Ben's provisional UCAD ban being lifted as well. But up next, we are going to continue to unpack Saturday night in Vegas. What next for both fighters? Crawford is just a special, special fighter. All right, hook upstairs. And Crawford has Spence hurt again. All right, hook that wobbles him. Spence might be going down again. And this one is over. He is undoubtedly the undisputed and best pop-for-pop fighter in the world. And the first male boxer to become And now, the undisputed welterweight champion of the world, Terrence Bud Crawford. This meant everything to me. I wanted to give honor to God for blessing me to be here, to be able to perform in front of each and every one of y'all. And that's pretty much it. I wanted to thank Errol Spence and his team for me and him coming together and getting this fight under underway. This is a fight that everybody wanted to see. The whole world was talking about it, and we put on a great show. Welcome back to Final Extra. Myself, Andy Ladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, Gareth, what did you make of Eminem uh, walking out at Terence Crawford? I know a lot of people were upset that he didn't actually sing his song. Uh, I was okay with him not singing it because I think these walkout songs traditionally are awful. When people sing them, it just doesn't seem to work. So I'm okay with him just walking and the song playing in the background. But some people were upset that we didn't get, if you like, a free three minute Eminem concert. Yeah, well, at my age, Eminem is one of the few rappers I'm very aware of. But, um, <laughs> no, no, no. I thought I thought I'm not a big fan of his actually. But the um, but the I, I was I, I thought he was quite bashful. I think what happened was he got there to the entrance. It's not a long walk, remember, no. from the T-Mobile. I remember, I mean. When Tyson Fury came out on the throne, if you remember, to Crazy um, by Patsy Cline, it, it, they got about four lines into the song mm. um, and he was already at the ring. Um, so, And what was interesting was Eminem was almost bashful, wasn't he? He, 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 he didn't want to take any of the limelight away from Terence um, and just kind of let him go. I wasn't disappointed. We, we got to hear about, was it Stan? Um, it was um, Lose Yourself. Lose yourself, yeah. um, and and you know, 
Um, no, it's great to hear the track. It, it, it's one of those, I'm laying down, I'm laying down my gauntlet. Yeah, I, I knew as soon as that happened, and obviously there's so much that goes into these fights, but as soon as I saw Eminem walking out Terence Crawford, I knew that was that for, for Errol Spence. It's almost like yeah. I'm going to war with you, M. And I just felt like it, there's something about when fighters walk out with someone. I remember seeing um, um, Javante Davis walk out with Floyd Mayweather and Ryan Garcia do the walk by himself. And I was like, oh, you're in trouble. The thing about I've got this person going to war with me and you're coming by yourself. And I just felt it was trouble for, um, for, for uh, Errol Spence Jr. there. Um, Terence Crawford, when we think of him now as clear pound for pound number one, you mentioned it and I want to put you on the spot here. You also mentioned that you think he could have caused Floyd a problem and potentially have beaten Floyd Mayweather as well. If it were to happen, and these hypotheticals are always difficult when you look back and try and do these mythical matchups, who do you think would have won between those two? Bear in mind that Floyd wasn't a killer, 147 pounds. It beat you, but he's not stopping you. Whereas Terence Crawford seems to have stopped, I think, every single fighter he's fought 147. Well, I think what you can look at with Floyd, Addy, is um, I, I wish I had his record in front of me right now, but I've got a feeling that when you look at his record, Floyd campaigned at welterweight, and he did move up and down the weights, but mm. I think he campaigned at welterweight between about 2005 and 2017. Wow. Okay? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to double-check that as we're chatting, but I've got a feeling that the first time that he fought at welterweight. No, it was 2005 was super lightweight at the time. Mm. Uh, 2006, he, he fought Zab Judah okay. and won the IBF welterweight title. Mm -hmm. And if you think that at the very end, um, he fought uh, Andre Berto in 2015 and retained the WBA, WBC and, and the ring welterweight titles. And obviously he went five different weight divisions. So... Um, you know, when you think at welterweight, he beat everyone. Yeah. Um, and, everyone. and obviously Canelo at light middleweight, um, Miguel Cotto at middle at light middleweight, um, Oscar De La Hoya at light middleweight, um, but then Zab Judah, uh, Manny Pacquiao. Um, so, you know, his resume is extraordinary. But I just have a feeling that if you put those two guys, if you put I'm trying to think of which Floyd, because remember that, so that's a, that's an 11 year run, um, you know, to 2017. So if you, I'd say if you put him in against the version that beat the very best Zab Judah, let's say, mm -hmm. you're okay. And we're talking, trying to think of the, when exactly when it was, um, it would have been around, um, I can't find it, uh, but I, I'm, I think we're talking, um, I think we're talking around 2006. So um, he was very, very fast still then. Um, I just feel that Terence Crawford has exactly the same patience as Floyd Mayweather. He didn't jump on Errol Spence. That's what's key with him. He patiently picked him apart and pickled him. Mm. Um, and that patience and that that accuracy, I'm going towards the pick here. They fight twice. They win one each. Wow. Split points decision one way, split points decision the other. I'm going to go even further here. I'm, I'm in fantasy fight realm here. I'm back in 1987, Sugar Ray Leonard and the marvellous Marvin Hagelman, mm -hmm. um, who I once ate sheep's brain with in, in Morocco. Um, in, in Casablanca um, on a, a Laureus World Sports Academy trip. I don't know if I've ever told you about it, but um, Marvin Hagler is one of my heroes in the sport. Meg, major hero. You don't look dissimilar to him. You're a young-looking young Hagler, and you're almost at the weight now, remember? Yeah, so um, <laughs> in 87, at Caesars Palace, Las Vegas, Sugar Ray Leonard stepped up from welterweight to fight the middleweight king, Hegler, mm. and he beat him on points in a very controversial very fight. Very controversial. Hegler disappeared to Italy, never married fought his again. wife, never never to fight again, Spaghetti to appear in Spaghetti Westerns. Imagine, just imagine now, fantasy fight land. 
if Canelo was still at middleweight, we could have Bud Crawford now against Canelo. Canelo's younger than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine I've, I've done the Mayweather and, and Crawford. I'm going to throw it at you now. At middleweight, does Terence Crawford live with um, Saul Canelo Alvarez and does he have a chance of beating him? Well, are we talking Saul now or the best version of Saul who was beat a Golovkin? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Does this version of Bud beat that version of Saul that beat Danny Jacobs, Golovkin, went up and fought Kovalev, cleared out the super middleweight division in 13 months? All right, how much would you love to see it? I'd give everything. I'd, I'd, yeah, remor- I'd exactly. remortgage the flat to see that one. I'd remortgage the flat because... This version of Bud that I saw on Saturday lives with them all. Lives with them all. Anyone at 154, anyone at 160. He just clearly has whatever it is, he's got it. Um, but yeah, that that's... And look, this is why I'm so happy that he's getting his flowers now. I mean, you've always said that Bud was a, a phenomenal fighter. But I think it's taken this performance for everyone to kind of put their hands up and agree with you. That this, okay, this is a very, very special talent. And the fact that we're making these comparisons with Sugar Ray, Floyd, Canelo, Hagler shows that we're now talking about an all-time great as, as opposed he to He is just, an all-time great. Yeah. Mm. We, we, let's not ignore, he has now stopped all eight welterweight opponents at world title level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching him and you don't, 2000- you don't really, sorry to cut, cut across, you don't really think of him as a puncher like that either, do you? You yeah, don't really you do. You don't, because... Yeah. Because he's not, he, he pickles you. Mm. Yeah. He pickles you. And I remember watching him. He shocked Ricky Burns in Glasgow in 2014. I remember getting the chance to speak to him, interviewing him, not really knowing who he was in 2014. He was a lightweight, remember, against mm. Ricky Burns, a real battler, a Scottish boxing legend, one of the very few fighters to become a three-weight world champion in the UK. And he absolutely... Well, Ricky, ha- Ricky Burns was mesmerised by him. So were all we watching. There was nothing he could do. And all he did was out-jab him all night and, and, and land counter-right hands. But he just did it so effortlessly. And I think the greats are able... Of, of any sport, of any discipline, are able to make it look so easy. When you... Think of Bud Crawford. You don't think of flurries and big punches. and It's just all, it's simplicity. It's beauty. It's the aesthetics of, of the art of boxing. And he's got it. No. And he's got an amazing chin, a very clearly a very low resting heart rate. He's now the number one pound for pound. There's no question about it. And that tip I always give about Shakur Stevenson going to pound for pound number one. What does Terence say? This guy is going to be better than me. Says it all the time. Says it all the time. And they they spar together. They do. I mean, that's it's a gym that includes Keyshawn Davis as well. It's an incredible gym. Um, very quickly on the Ricky Burns thing, someone did say and ask him at the post fight press conference. Said you become undisputed at one forty, become undisputed at one four seven. What's your biggest win, Ricky Burns in Scotland? Says Ricky Burns in Scotland still my biggest win, and that's saying something, isn't it? When you think about what he's done in the sport. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on Talksport Two. Still to come, we're going to be hearing from Nate Diaz. He spoke with Gareth A. Davis earlier this week ahead of his fight with Jake Paul uh, this weekend. Next, though, Conor Ben cleared of his provisional UCAD ban, but he's not 100% in the clear yet. We're going to try and unpack what's happened. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to work in the channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. 
Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Ladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Um, I've been sort of just all focused on Errol Spence, Terence Crawford uh, in the last week or so. Some big fights to come. Obviously, we've got AJ versus Dillian White, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. In between all these big fights, um, I did see the news that Conor Ben um, had his uh, UK, UCAD ban apologies lifted. Um, everyone's taken to social media. I see Eddie Hearn has jumped on it, Tony Bellew. He's jumped on it as well. And then British Boxing Board of Control sort of produced a statement saying, one second, let's hold on a bit here. Uh, we might have to look at this in a bit more detail. So I thought the light was done. I thought the light was at the end of the tunnel. I thought Conor Ben was okay to fight. And now the British Boxing Board of Control, Gareth, are saying not quite, not yet, that they need to look at the ruling as well. And they may appeal the ruling. What can you tell us? What do you know, Gareth? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to read that statement. There was a Please, statement that yes. came out last um, last um, Friday when 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 kind of the, the sequence of events was last Friday afternoon, and we've been hearing hmm. um, from Conor Ben and his people and Eddie Hearn and and those around Matchroom that they were uh, anticipating a favourable resolution. To, to the tribunal, um, to the hearing. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, you had Conor Ben saying, I've been cleared. Eddie Hearn creating a narrative out there with Conor Ben in a phone call that they that Matchroom put out as part of their media, um, expressing relief and delight and what a difficult 10 months it's been and all of those things. Um, then... An hour or two later, there was a statement from UCAD saying, yes, we have, we can confirm, because Ben has spoken out, because the, the, the individual has spoken out, we're able to make a statement. And our statement is that um, his provision, provisional suspension has been lifted. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to March, of course, when this hearing was brought officially before UCAD, when they suspended him provisionally. Um, they also said we've got 21 days to appeal the decision. Just to explain, for anyone listening or watching, you've got to remember this is like a court case. UCAD are the prosecution. Conor Ben and his lawyers and his team are the defence. And Sporting Solutions are the tribunal. Sporting Resolutions, mm. the National Anti-Doping Panel, an independent panel. So the case has been heard. They've made a decision. They're not being official about it. So they can appeal, UCAD, if they're not happy with the decision. The board at the time on Friday, the boxing board said, we're just going with whatever UCAD wants to do. And then yesterday, this is the statement you are referring to. This is Monday. Boxing Board of Control is aware that Mr. Ben and UK Anti-Doping have provided public comment in relation to confidential proceedings before the independent national anti-doping panel and they're saying the bbc the bbbfc is not able to comment on the proceedings between ucad and mr ben due to confidentiality restrictions Mm -hmm. but we refer to the statement issued by uk anti-doping found at statement from uk anti-doping conor bear the one that i mentioned as set out therein we wish to reconfirm that the uk anti-doping rules which apply to those proceedings provide all relevant parties, including the Boxing Board of Control, with a right of appeal. The BBC, BBBFC takes all anti-doping matters extremely seriously and is considering the exercise of its rights pursuant to the rules. Further comment will not be provided pending conclusion of the UCAD process. For me, 
what they're saying here very clearly is we may well be appealing this. Yeah. Because you know what's coming. It's likely that a Cal Brook fight's going to be announced with Conor Ben and that they're going to reapply for their license for the Box and Border Control. Yeah. No, I, I just find the whole thing still, I mean, we've spoken about and we've seen other issues regarding um, bans and the British Box and Border Control, UCAD appeals. This seems to be the most messiest one I can remember ever, ever. I can't, I can't think of one that's been more confusing, um, that has dragged on. Again, look, let's not forget, I mean, this is now dragged on just nearly a year. Dragged on nearly a year. And um, I hope there's a resolution. I hope that the British Boxing Board of Control, Connor Ben, UK can come together and somehow sort of sort this mess up um, and that Connor Ben can get his license back. But I also hope that this is done the correct way and not someone jumping through loopholes because they've got the money to do so. I hope that this is done the correct way and that we can all move on because I saw when Conor Ben put that statement out on his own social media, I just had a look at the comment section. And I've, I've always said this, like, regardless of whether or not you can clear your name, it's whether or not the fans believe you. And the comment section was full of people that were disgusted by the outcome. So I just hope that that he can clear his name and that we can all move on because I still think there's a lot of fight fans out there that don't necessarily believe that this has been handled the correct way. And I think they still think it's a case of expensive lawyers as opposed to a proper judgment being made. Look, we have very big voices by being on talk sports. So we're, 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 we, we, we've been talked back at from the situation. And I think I've been consistent about it all along. My feeling has been, have a hearing, go through the due process. We need that due diligence because boxing is an inherently dangerous sport. And when people take, it's not tiddlywinks, it's not a tickling competition. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not cycling even, mm. um, um, which obviously is, is there, there, are, there have been a lot of doping in cycling historically. Um, the, do the hearing. There is clomiphene in your system. If the, if the, if the, if the process is wrong, then prove it. But what we've had is a very a narrative with a lot of movement. Is it down to consumption of eggs? Eddie Hearn mentioned um, jurisdiction mm-hmm. in his comments. Is it that the narrative has changed? Um, is it eggs and um, the fact that the sport, the sports scientists and his doctors have found that the, the, the metabolites are consistent with food rather than a tablet? That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. Is it jurisdiction? Eddie Hearn is talking about whether the VADA test is viable is vi- is viable mm-hmm. to be investigated um, without it being UCAD testing because it wasn't UCAD doing it. That's what I think he's suggesting because he's mentioned jurisdiction. The the proverbial Addy is now hitting the fan because they've got to go to the board for a license, and we'll find out whether the board are toothless or you can are toothless in terms of taking it any further if they want to. But that, that, it's been unsatisfactory in lots of ways. Um, but the problem is it's become bigger than just Conor Ben. It's become um, the, the bending of a system that needs to be in place. So it's become a bigger story. Um, it's a very complex issue. We're not all the way done there yet. And we'll now find out as Conor Ben felt before, whether the board really do have it in for him, whether UCAD really do have it in for him, because they can say no to the license. He might get a license somewhere else. Yeah. But he's not technically free to fight in the UK right now. He needs to get a license. Yeah, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for clearing it up. Again, it's um, a very confusing subject, very confusing situation. I think you did... Tremendous job there explaining it to um, us in, in layman terms as well. Very, very quickly, um, Arta Paterbi of Callum Smith, not happening, postponed. Paterbi of injured, which is a shame. Again, it's been a fantastic year for boxing, especially in the light heavyweight division. Um, that's a big blow as well, I think, for Callum Smith. He was going to go to Canada. He was going to challenge for all those world titles that Paterbi has. We don't know how long Paterbi is going to be out. All we're hearing is been postponed. Do you think the fight still happens this year? Uh, or does Callum Smith need to move on and potentially try and maybe get a, a Dimitri Bivol fight who's sitting on the sidelines as well, waiting? Well, no, I think he'll wait. I mean, we don't know 
it's it's a it's a jaw infection, isn't strange, it? Strange, um, strange that one. Yeah. Which is an unusual one. Remember, remember a lot of um, um, issues with the jaw can often be related to the brain as well. There's a lot of nerve structure going into the brain mm. from the jaw. So we, I don't know whether um, it, it might be something to do with his teeth, or mm. we don't know. There's been no detail. I mean, hopefully, I mean this was scheduled for mid-August, obviously. I think he'll wait it out if if it's not too long. And obviously, he's over in camp with Buddy McGirt in America. Um, yeah, it's a real shame. It's one I was really looking forward to, especially now that Dan Aziz and Joshua Boatze are signed to fight as well. Yeah. He was in the studio, by the way, on Saturday night, and he looks phenomenal. Who? Which one? Aziz or Boatze? Uh, Joshua Boatze. Joshua okay. Boatze. Mm. Um, um, yeah, I was with Adam Catterall and myself in the studio. Looks in phenomenal shape. Great stories from from Oakland and, uh, and being with Virgil Hunter. Um, yeah, it's a pity for Callum Smith. Still a fight we're hugely anticipating, of course. Yeah. Um, but at least we get one Smith in action on September the 2nd against Chris Eubank Jr. As long as he doesn't change that and go and fight Conor Ben. And I think those two will fight anyway. But who do you think Ben's going to fight? I think it will be Cal Brook. I think, I think that's the only one. I think that they've mentioned... Chris Eubank, I think Chris Eubank finally will go that Liam Smith rematch. Uh, they mentioned Manny Pacquiao, which was silly. I mean, Keith Furman's out there. Are they going to jump in with someone like Keith on Conor Ben's return? I think Kelbrook makes sense. Not necessarily a fight I'm desperate to see, but I feel like it's a fight that would do good numbers because they had that little skirmish, didn't they, a couple of months back. And I feel like they're going to kind of build on that and go that route, which, again, I, I don't understand the direction Conor Ben's taken, but, I mean, there are smart people behind Conor Ben then Adi Oladipo. So we'll see what happens with Connor. All right, uh, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, myself and Gareth are going to hear uh, from Nate Diaz. Gareth spoke to him ahead of his clash with Jake Paul this weekend. The fight that we thought a couple of years ago would never happen, but it is happening. The problem child. Jake I'm in the best shape of my life. I have that chip on my shoulder, that hunger, that drive, that motivation that I sort of lost. Jake Paul tries to, what a massive right haymaker that wishes well in and a left jab, a little short left, and Tommy Fury goes down. Jake Paul just put Tyron Woodley in airplane mode. I want to make big events, big fights happen and strike while the iron's hot, and I'm going to do what Conor McGregor couldn't do, and I'm going to knock this man out. I've been trying to get out of the UFC for a long time. When I was on the way out, uh, he was doing the biggest and the best thing. That's it! He's got the chance! He has it's done it! He he it is all over! I was glad I had a worthy opponent to, uh, to make an attack on as soon as I got out. Just step into the... Oh! When I knock out Nate Diaz, I think that Conor McGregor is going to see me want a payday and come and get knocked out. Welcome back to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, big crossover fight this weekend, uh, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Uh, before we break down that fight and see uh, Gareth's opinions on whether or not uh, Nate Diaz can cause the upset, some are calling it. Let's hear from Nate Diaz. He spoke with Gareth A. Davis uh, ahead of the fight this weekend. Um, it was the biggest thing to do outside of the UFC. I always wanted to get... I felt like I was doing the same thing for... Um, Long time, I was kind of, uh, I wasn't burnt out on fighting. I was burnt out on new, something, I wanted to do something new, something big. Uh, and I was making everything that I was doing, the biggest thing that was happening in the UFC. And I was like, this is as big as it could get. I need to do something bigger out of this. And uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think this was the biggest thing to do at the time. Has it lit a fire under you, getting into boxing and the training in the camp? Has it lit a fire? Yeah, there's been a fire burning the whole time. And how different is it training for a boxing match as opposed to the decathlon of fight sports, which is MMA? For me, it's not that much different. It's like all focus on boxing. But uh, I think in all my fights, all focus was on boxing and all focus was on uh, jiu-jitsu and kicking and wrestling and the whole the whole arm so not just one dimension focus on the single arm do you find it weird that some of the bookmakers make jake paul the favorite in this and is it because you're having your first boxing match i'm always it's a, i'm always the underdog in every fight and that's what trips me out every time but i'm not mad at that anymore it's whatever have you got to take him very seriously i'm never supposed to win 
Did you know I was <laughs> not supposed to win the last guy I fought who was brand new in the UFC, and then I was not supposed to fight when Ferguson, when they switched it. I mm. found that out last night. I didn't know that I wasn't not supposed to win that fight either. I'm like, no one, no one has any belief. Do you have to take him very seriously? He's a bigger guy. He's heavier. Do you have to take him very seriously? 100%. Can't get hit by him. He's strong. Why did you ask for 10 rounds, not eight? It was just funny that it, see what he thinks about it. <laughs> Does that not suit him? I wish it was two or three rounds, honestly. Yeah? That'd be cool. Do you think you'll get to him and stop him in this fight? Uh, it's a possibility. What a character Nate Diaz is. Um, you know, when you think of sort of cult heroes in sports, like Nate Diaz is a cult hero when it comes to MMA. Um, I, I love him. I think, I don't understand him. I don't know if you do, Gareth, but he's a character. Um, and I'm looking forward to this weekend. I do think that he's going to cause Jake some problems. Um, a lot of people in the boxing world think that Jake Paul's just a bit too fresh, a bit too young, maybe a bit too big for Nate Diaz. But he speaks to a lot of MMA people who've watched just how durable Nate Diaz is over the years, how we go through the gears, albeit very slowly. They think that he can cause um, he can cause Jake some serious problems. Yeah, he can. Um, you know, I mean, started the interview there, by the way. Um, probably didn't hear it on the audio, but we, we, um, he said, God, do you remember when we had a beer in Hawaii? And, and I've chased him all over the world. In fact, I've sent you an article uh, for you to read. Um, I was chasing Nate Diaz all around California for about two weeks for an interview, and I kept missing him whenever he was. He's a very elusive character. He's bashful at times. Um, he doesn't like the limelight. I think he struggles doing media work sometimes. Um, I remember when he and his brother Nick didn't realize how popular they were with the fans and they yeah. felt like almost like a paranoia that they were disliked. And it was this Stockton thing um, that they were outsiders, outlaws, if you like. But the outlaws eventually become the in-laws. Yeah, and, I like that. I like and, that. And, and, but they, they're so loved. Oh. Like you say, he's a cult figure. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's... it's it's fascinating that he's chosen to fight Jake Paul because it's almost, for who he is, it's like a step down in some weird ways. Yeah, um, agreed. That he's um, coming over to this, if you like, yeah. this this crossover boxing scene. I yeah. agree. It, it is kind of a step down in where he is in terms of who he's fought. That he's having to fight 17 this 17 years yeah. in the UFC, 27 mm. fights. If you go all the back, back to the ultimate fighter. Um, Look, he's 38, so Jake Paul's picking his opponents as well as Floyd Mayweather did at the end, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, very manicured. Very, you know, who, who would ever think you could say in the same breath Jake Paul beat Anderson Silver on points and knocked him down? I mean, it, 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 I said that to him in the interview. I mean, five years ago, we couldn't have even co contemplated Nate Diaz stepping into the ring with with. YouTuber Jake Paul, you know, you could not even have, uh, genuinely have contemplated. No, no, so. no, you'd be you'd be considered mad. Like if, even if yeah, you thought exactly. about it, like this will be his fourth um, UFC guy, isn't it? Uh, ben Askren, um, Tyron Woodley, Anderson Silva, and Nate Diaz. Is this the toughest one, or was it Anderson? Because Anderson's considered to be the better boxer of all of them, isn't he? But a lot older. Do you think this is the toughest one because Nate is still quite young at thirty-eight, or do you think that's still Anderson? Nate's got a lot of heart, but he's not going to be able to drag Jake Paul to the mat. That's the problem. And mm. wrap him up like a parcel. Might do that, um, actually, and get disqualified. I hope he doesn't. Mm. I hope he doesn't. Um, he's always in shape. Um, he seems up for it. Um, he was two hours late for the media call. I'm not trying to diss on him there, but I was very happy to wait because I'm always happy to speak to Nate. Um It'll do really big numbers. Do you think it will? Do you think it will? I yeah, always feel I, like it's lost a bit of shine because it's coming off the back of Errol Terence, which seemed to have taken all the headlines. 
it, it doesn't feel like I fly out today for it actually. Um, today being Tuesday, we're, we're filming this, and I feel like I, I feel like I'm not flying out into this big whirlwind of a fight where where it, it felt like when it was announced, it was. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's not had the media push that maybe we expected it to have. Well, Jake Paul hasn't. He's refused to do trash talk, hasn't he? With mm. With, with, with Jake Paul, which is interesting. Amanda Serrano, Heather Hardy's on this card as yeah. well, by the way. That's worth mentioning. We must give the proper boxing match its full credit. I, I, look, I've done my pick already. I did it for William Hill earlier in the week. Um, I think Jake Paul will stop Nate Diaz late because uh, I think he'll... Because it's a 10-round fight, remember? Yeah, it has gone um, to 10. And I think... Yeah, from eight. And I think he'll gas late in the fight. So I'm, I'm going for an, a ninth round stoppage for Jake Paul. And also, he's a much heavier man as well. Um, I think he'll probably be 10 pounds heavier than, than Nate Diaz in there. He's always fought at lightweight and welterweight, 155, 170 in MMA. And he's probably walking around at 180. Jake Paul's probably 200 pounds. Yeah, 200 know? pounds. And um, and I know as much as we call him a YouTuber, and that's younger. kind of what he is. He's 10 years younger and he takes this serious. Yeah sparring he takes serious he looks always in great shape as well so i'm with you i think it'll be fun competitive but ultimately i think jake paul will, will get the job done are uh, you there are i you am there or... I, i'm i'm presenting it i'm presenting the show okay well so if you I, want a co-host i'm happy to come over will you fly out i know you're all over the world sometimes i don't know if you're in sicily i don't know if you're in france i don't know where you are but if you fancy coming to dallas texas it'd be nice to have you on the flight with me but uh gareth as always uh, we crammed quite a lot into this week um busy week in the world of MMA and boxing, uh, busy, busy week in boxing. Terence Crawford, I think me and Gareth are saying it now, an all-time great and clearly the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter on the planet. Uh, Gareth, same time next week, uh, we'll unpack more stuff as well. Lovely. I'm, I'm looking forward to Tommy Fury and KSI that's been announced, by the way, October the 14th. It has. Unbelievable. It, has. it has Logan Paul on that card as well. It looks like they're, yeah. they're going for it, aren't they? Uh, big pay-per-view numbers expected. All right, Gareth, thanks, my man. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. At TalkSport, we absolutely love it when our fans get stuck in. That's why we want you to join us in The Dugout, a brilliant new TalkSport listener community. It's a place where you can tell us what sports you're into and who your favourite teams are. And tell us what you think we could do better, like big guests and new sports and that. You could win an Amazon voucher for taking part. What are you waiting for? Visit TalkSport.com dugout and get stuck in. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply.